Welcome to another edition of Profiles, a look into the music, artistry, lives, and legacies of the musicians and artists who defined a uniquely creative era by breaking boundaries and finding new influences. While they not only ushered in social as well as political change, they also created immensely popular legacies that have truly stood the test of time. Welcome to special programming on KPFK 90.7 FM Los Angeles and online at kpfk.org. My name is Mangula Peak, and I'll be your host for this very special hour and we'll be featuring the music of Natalie Cole and her multi-Grammy Award winning recording, Unforgettable, with Love, the 30th anniversary edition. Joining me today is a wonderful musician who worked with Natalie Cole and on this album. Alan Broadbent is a Grammy Award-winning jazz pianist, arranger, and composer whose resume is as astounding as his career is prolific. In addition to his numerous awards, he was appointed a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit in 2007, one of the highest honors for a citizen in his home country, having been born in Auckland, New Zealand in April of 1947. Allen's resume includes working with a diverse group of artists, including Woody Herman, Barbara Streisand, Shelley Mann, Lee Rittenauer, David Byrne, Shirley Horn, Linda Ronstadt, Diana Krall, Pat Metheny, and Natalie Cole, just to name a few. We have the pleasure and honor of speaking with Alan Broadbent today about the 30th anniversary of Natalie Cole's spectacular recording, Unforgettable, with Love. In the early 1990s, Alan was asked to be part of Natalie Cole's Unforgettable recording, after which he toured as her pianist and later as her conductor. He wrote an orchestral arrangement for the second video with her father, the great Nat King Cole, When I Fall in Love, which won him his first Grammy Award. Welcome back to KPFK, Alan. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. All the way from the East Coast this time, Maggie. That's right. And uh, how's the weather on the East Coast? <laughs> you don't want to know. Well, actually, it's going to be 45 tomorrow, so that's kind of like summer here, you know. Well, we're almost to spring, and it's going to be warming up, so the flowers will be blooming soon. Now, Ellen, tell us how you got the invitation to be part of Natalie Cole's recording of her tribute and virtual duet with her late father, who gave you the call, and then maybe talk a little bit about the sessions. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. As far as I can remember, I was doing a gig with maybe, I don't Don Menza, maybe somebody at a club called Dante's, which was in the San Fernando Valley, D-O-N-T-E, apostrophe S. It's kind of a legendary place for a lot of us of my generation and before that. So I was doing the gig one night and I was told that Natalie Cole and her husband, Andre, Andre Fisher, Claire's adopted son, were in the audience, and they wanted to say hello. So, hey, you know, all my life, since I was a young teenager, Nat Cole was the man for me, mm-hmm. and the lineage from that. So here I was, just one, two steps away from his daughter. I didn't know anything about Natalie. You know, I was kind of one of those jazz fellows that pop music or anything had no meaning to me. So anyway, there she was, and they were very sweet, and they liked the way I played. They're doing these dates, and um, would you like to come in? Do you know Jeff Hamilton? I said, yes, I know 
do you know Ray Brown? Oh, I know Ray, and would you like to come in? And they had this thing on Straighten Up and Fly Right. Now, I don't know this story, but apparently there were a couple of tryouts before from various piano players. I don't know who. So they had me um, give it a shot. And of course, I pulled out all my Nat Cole stops and just, I knew how to swing. Lenny Tristano, many years ago, taught me mostly about Lester Young and singing on the piano and how Nat Cole transferred that singing quality to the piano. Instead of being ornamental, it was now a voice. And from there, Bud Powell and stuff. So I was totally into that. And I guess it was okay because they kept my solo. And I knew Johnny Mandel through Irene Kral. I'd been to his place a couple of times. So I guess I'm not sure how I ended up on the others. Perhaps the same contractor, or I see that Andre Fisher was involved with most of mine, so it was probably him, and my association with Johnny Mandel and knowing the other guys probably helped in terms of the camaraderie of the CD. It was sure a good feeling, I gotta say. The rest of the things were just such a learning experience for me. Seeing Johnny conduct Smile for the first time in the history of music. Mm-hmm. This arrangement, you know? And then, well, a little bit of gossip. On Nature Boy, I remember vividly, it was big string section, and I'm there, I don't know, utility piano player, I don't know what I was. But Michelle Legrand comes out of the booth and begins to count and gives the downbeat, and the orchestra starts to play, and he freaks out and gets really angry, you know, like you're behind the beat and blah, blah, blah. He must have had some kind of scene, but it was... I thought, wow, that's not very nice. That man you're screaming at, Israel Baker, was Igor Stravinsky's concertmaster, you know? And it's like, it just put a damper on the thing, but the beautiful music, of course, takes over. And Well, let's take a listen to Nature Boy... Alan Broadbent, my very special guest for the hour on piano. Music from Unforgettable, With Love, Natalie Cole, and the arrangement by Michelle Legrand. All in all, it was just a beautiful memory. Fantastic. Nature Boy. Another track from this marvelous album, my very special guest for the hour, Alan Broadbent, on piano. We're discussing the 30th anniversary edition of Unforgettable with Love, Natalie Cole. Features newly remastered audio and two bonus tracks. Oh, and the other thing was, you know, you do your gig, just like everybody else, you do it. And I think a couple months, maybe so later, I went home to New Zealand And, you know, I'm still in my jazz blinders, anything I don't know from what. And I get off the plane and I go through immigration ready to meet my family and there's people from the press there. Huh, that's weird, who's on the plane? And they're all coming towards me. They're all, I mean three, two or three, (laughs) coming to me and asking me questions about this album and I'm going, what's going on? And it was a worldwide number one hit. Unforgettable. I remember that. And 
so I got a little infamy. Finally, New Zealanders knew who I thought I was. <laughs> so that's my take on all of this. And to know Natalie Cole, eventually, it was a great honor and a great pleasure. A really lovely woman, and what a singer. Andre, and she gave me my first break as an arranger. My first chart, which I'd like to rewrite, by the way, but it's too late. <laughs> it's crazy he calls me. But there was another one I did, There's a Lull in My Life. Oh, I love that song. Uh, oh, I've always loved it. And Natalie asked me if I knew it. And I said, yes, yeah, sure, I'd just love to do it. And it was one of the few arrangements that I ever did for an orchestra that I started at A and I finished at Z. And it just was all of a piece. Like, I kind of wrote it, you know. And I had this vision. We didn't have time to rehearse, but Natalie wanted to hear it. We had a run-through, I remember, at whatever the sound shell is in Memphis. And um, it was played through. And the orchestra gave me, you know, taps on the violin bows. And Natalie came over and she said to me, You know, Alan, I've been singing that song since I was 12 years old on my daddy's lap. And I said, wow. It's <laughs> amazing. Know? Yeah, the connections in this world, you know. And I had known pieces I came to arrange for Natalie. When I was about 16 in Auckland, I was going through a record bin, and I found this Nat Cole album called Where Did Everyone Go? Your listeners might want to find it on YouTube or something with Gordon Jenkins, just strings and gnat, these obscure ballads, and I learned them all, some of the most beautiful ballads that we don't know about by great composers. Just the title one alone is gorgeous. I got to arrange these for Natalie without her knowing that I knew these tunes, and we talked about it, and she couldn't believe it. The what is it, the uh, confluence of something, mm -hmm. of the stars. So that's my Natalie Cole memories. So, so beautiful, and not to overuse the word, but unforgettable. <laughs> the record was extremely successful. Alan, as you mentioned, you were approached by reporters when you landed in New Zealand because you were associated with this project, but it was extremely successful in so many different genres, you know, pop, jazz, R&B, all of these markets, and then the album was certified seven times platinum by the RIAA, which is the Recording Industry Association of America. So you mentioned so many things when you spoke. Let's talk for a minute about these arrangers, and in particular, Johnny Mandel. Nelson Riddle wrote the arrangement in 1951 for the Nat King Cole album, Unforgettable, which was released in 1952, I believe. But first, I want to ask you, you were friends with Nelson Riddle. He scored so many works for Nat, Frank Sinatra, that was early on, and then in the 70s, he recorded with the great Linda Ronstadt. Tell us how your friendship with Nelson Riddle began. Well, there's a connection right there, too, because it was Nat King Cole who said, who's that guy writing in the back of the trombone section there? What's he doing? He says, well, he's really your arranger. That's, <laughs> that's Nelson Riddle. 
And it was, you know, some other guy that Nelson was ghosting for. So, um, let me see, I was lolling about at home in the valley, watching uh, Bugs Bunny or something, I don't know. And it was like a Saturday late afternoon, and I get a call, and it was Tommy Shepard. Tommy Shepard, okay. Can you come down to the Sheraton there on Wilshire? Gig starts at 8. Do you have a tux? No. Um, do you have a dark suit? Well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, be down there, 8 o'clock, ready to play. So I go down, and I walk up onto this stage setup, and it's a dance band. And there's these old guys there in the front row of the sax. Old, they were probably younger than me at the time, but and I don't know them, but I'm looking, and as I come to the piano, a big man sort of comes towards me with a suitcase and puts it down, and I see on the music, and I know immediately it's Nelson Riddle. So here I am with a big band, and Nelson liked to do his Sinatra charts without the strings, and he had a young woman who sang in Sinatra's key, so he didn't have to change keys. And um, one of the first things he pulls up was from my favorite program in Auckland, New Zealand, when I was 14, 15. Whatever it was, it was the theme from Route 66, which Nelson wrote. And here I am, sitting at the piano, <laughs> in this big band playing Nelson's chart on Route 66, the great TV show with George Maharis. And so it was from that that Nelson, well, he liked guys that could sight read pretty well, and I always could, but who could, like, swing, you know? And I could always do that and really have a good feeling for it, not rickety swing, but really deep swinging time. Well, it happened that Nelson says to Tommy Shepard, well, if he's doing these gigs, he may as well do my TV shows. And once in a while, you know, he'd be getting a regular TV show way after Sinatra and everything. And I had my first experiences with him at Universal, everything going dark and like me looking like a deer in the headlights and Willie Schwartz, the famous Willie Schwartz, who I got to know very well, Nan Schwartz's father. I had saxophone and everything. He says, count to eight and come in. So I said, okay. And there's a click on the screen for five, six, seven, eight, and I start playing. And from there, a very mediocre studio career began. <laughs> but uh, I did everything with Nelson, mostly for the next 10 years, except the Linda Ronstadt albums, which he was deeply involved in. And Linda singing the standards, yes, music right. from the Great American Songbook. Well, she understandably wanted her pianist, Don Grolnick. You know, Don had worked with her, fabulous, fabulous piano player, musician. But um, I think I just played the wrong kind of chords for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alan, there's so many incredible musicians on this recording. It's almost unfathomable to me the amount of talent that is on Unforgettable with Love. I guess Natalie Cole had that power to, <laughs> you know, pull in the best of the best. I was saying that this is like the wrecking crew 
plus 10. Just so many musicians, producers, arrangers. On Mona Lisa, for example, on piano, it's Mike Lang and Michael Melvoin. <laughs> you know, Mike Lang's still with us. We've lost the great Mike Melvoin. But there's so many great people, they had to double up <laughs> on the instruments. The guitar players, uh, John Ciadini, my dear friend Al Viola, featured on here. And, of course, David Foster, the fantastic producer. Can you just talk for a little bit about working with these A-list artists, musicians? Yeah, well, you know, you go in and you do your job. I know the guys. We've been around, and it's just a very friendly kind of feeling of making music together. And I had known most of them in the club situations or studio situations. And... um Willie Schwartz, who I mentioned, is the father of Nan Schwartz, and all these people that were influences on these musicians alone. I mean, Ray Brown, Ray was a great guy. Harold Jones. Monty Alexander, another pianist on the session. Joe Sample. Pretty amazing lineup of pianists alone. Yeah. The great Saul Gubin. Saul Gubin, the golden gloves of Gilbert Gubin. One of the great, legendary, unknown albums that he made as a pianist. Oh, wow. I had no idea that he played piano. And I know yeah. that Saul worked with uh, Sinatra. He did. And Peter Matz. He was Peter Matz's drummer. Great guy. Great guy. So, Alan, what for you are the greatest challenges and the most satisfying rewards as an arranger? Uh, well, first, to be able to make music with an orchestra is one of the great pleasures of my life. And to accompany a singer, I've had experience with that since my early days with Irene Kral and Sue Rainey. So I've, you know, I've always aspired as an arranger to accompany like that and gaining knowledge of how an orchestra sounds. One of the great experiences on the road with Natalie is I got to pillage, if you like, the box with all of Johnny Mandel's arrangements in them. So I uh-huh. study on the bus, thanks to Johnny, and came to develop a style of my own through that. So, you know, many experiences with many of these musicians. Bill Holman, the great Bill Holman, for 10 years I used to go down to the Union, I think, what was it, a Tuesday morning or something, and rehearse his big band. Amazing, amazing music. And as I said before, Harold Jones, one of the funniest men alive. When we were on the road together with Jim Huart, he would keep us in stitches many, many times. And the great bassist Jim Huart is on this album. Yeah. So it's an amazing recording. We're celebrating its 30th anniversary. It won seven Grammys. There's this newly released recording featuring... All of the marvelous songs from Natalie Cole's father's catalog that she reinterpreted in her own beautiful way. We've been uh, with Alan Broadbent, a magnificent pianist, uh, ranger, composer, who, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, his resume is as astounding as his career is prolific. Alan Broadbent, it's been wonderful reconnecting. The world is kind of opening up a little bit at a time, so I look forward to possibly a trip to the East Coast and uh, you coming out this way to Los Angeles. (laughs) 
Either way, it would be good, Maggie. Fantastic. Take good care, Alan, and we'll stay in touch. Thank you for inviting me. Bye-bye, friend. Bye-bye. Smile, though your heart is aching. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Profiles. And please join me next time for another in-depth look at the legendary musicians and artists who changed the trajectory, opened our minds, and have continued to inspire us. I'm your host and producer, Maggie LaPique. Special thanks to my producers, Jerry O and Andrea Love. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to tune in next time for Profiles with Maggie LaPique.